0: Welcome to Amplify, the personal brand entrepreneur show. Today on the show, Bob is speaking with Stephanie Llewellyn. Keep in mind that you don't always have to create new content. On TikTok, it's a delayed release platform. So unlike Instagram, when you post something on TikTok, it's released right away to a small audience and then maybe two weeks later it's released again and then 90 days later it's released again. What? Yeah, it's and it's that's what you have to keep in mind too. If your views are low, it's just because it hasn't been dumped into a larger audience yet. It comes in waves.
1: Hi there and welcome back to Amplify, the personal brand entrepreneur show. My name is Bob Gentle and every week I speak with incredible people who share what makes their business work. If you're new to the show while you still have your device in your hand or your ipad or your laptop whatever you're using take a moment to subscribe and that way you won't miss a thing now a lot of people think they have a personal brand but i like to think of a personal brand as a beacon reaching out into the world and for this brand to shine it needs energy for most of us this fuel is content and this week i'm excited to welcome stephanie llewellyn to the show and we're going to be talking about energy for content. Stephanie, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
1: So, Stephanie is also the host of the Who Does She Think She Is podcast. And if that was not amazing enough, she's also become my personal TikTok spirit animal with 79,000 followers. And I need to know what's up with that.
0: Oh, TikTok has just come out of absolutely nowhere. So that's a part of my brand that I. I didn't see coming, but it's been a huge part of the growth over the past six months of my life. So it's been interesting.
1: Yeah, I think looking around your various content, it's a platform which seems to lend itself very well to the way that you create content. But I'm jumping ahead a little bit, as usual, in my enthusiasm. Stephanie, for the listener who doesn't know who you are, and can you maybe just tell us a little bit about what you do, where you are, the kind of work you do?
0: Yeah, so I am... Actually located in the United States. I live in Ohio and I'm a single mom. I started my business during the pandemic. So it was 2020. Um, I had lost my job and decided to start my own virtual assisting business. And it turned into social media management and kind of organically evolved into this content creator coach type of business so now what i do is basically i help service-based entrepreneurs create content online and tell stories in their marketing that creates connection with their customer through social media so it's really just that connecting piece that i teach my clients to bring to life their brand and kind of humanize their marketing
1: and i think for so many people that humanizing them the marketing on the one hand It's extremely attractive. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, it's freaking terrifying. Oh yeah. And you'll find the same thing in the same person. It's like they're torn. And I think this being torn for so many people is just what leads to paralysis. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to explore that and maybe ways to move past it in a little while. I think one of the things that I'm intrigued to spend a little bit of time talking with you about is... This whole thing of the hamster wheel, mm-hmm. I think for so many people, content is just a hamster wheel where you just never get off. You have to be always on, always creating. And for some people, that's just hard work. And for other people, and this is how it comes across with you, it's just natural and you seem to be constantly in a flow state with it. So I guess what I'm describing will be very normal and natural for you and your clients. And you'll have probably gone through much the same in, in your own journey, but how do you support people to find that flow state in their content?
0: Yeah. I think a majority of people find it very intimidating and the longer they have put it off, the larger it feels. It feels like a huge responsibility. They feel like they can't start and then stop. It just feels like pressure and, it's confusing at times, but ultimately, like you said, terrifying. So what I normally do is just, I tell my clients to start documenting life, like the things that you are, your values, the things that you stand for, really try to emulate those and show that in real time. So it's, it's almost like an old school type of business, but with they also get to see like the behind the scenes stuff. So documenting over intentionally sharing content has been a game changer for me. It's really helped me to just be kind of in the mind frame of this is a community that I'm building and I enjoy this part, which is a huge part of it. Not everyone enjoys it, but it's it's more of like just documenting your life and the process of running your business from behind the scenes and sharing with them the ups the downs the the relatable parts and i think really emphasizing for them to make it worth it is emphasizing that when someone goes to purchase something or hire someone for a service they're going to choose the person that they feel connected to over the stranger so even if it's a more notable brand or someone who has been doing this for a long time, if they don't know you, it doesn't matter. They're, they're more likely to go with the person that they feel connected to. And they have that kind of parasocial relationship that social media allows us to have. It's a double-edged sword at times, but it really allows that connection to be built firm. Like that foundation is so firm because of social media. So no matter what you put out, over time your fan base your your community will buy from you because they know that everything that you put out is good because you've been building that connection with them along the way and i think that that helps to motivate people to start sharing and you don't have to plan the content and intentionally write down what you're going to share when you're going to share it have all of these moving parts I like to create intuitively, and I think it's freeing for a lot of people to hear that. They can just feel inspired in the moment, get on and record a video, and then post it. It doesn't have to be this over-intentional process that feels exhausting and daunting. But I think it's really important to understand that in 2022 and beyond, social media is marketing, It's just the way that it's moving, it's not going away anytime soon. So if you want to grow your business, this is a piece of it that we really have to just embrace and accept that this is the connector between you and your new clients.
1: I think what you captured there is really, really important. And there's another, I don't know if you've heard of Richie Norton, is the other person that I've watched create content in a way that just looks ridiculously effortless. And I asked him, how do you manage to be so prolific and create content so much? And his answer was very similar to yours. He said, I don't create content. I simply journal. I capture whatever's going on in my life and I share it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think what's interesting is it sounds super easy. You simply capture what's happening in your life and you, you post it. And it's not a lot of pre-planned content, right. but it is much more intimate. It's much more raw. But what it does mean is that you're going to have to actually understand and accept who you are. And I think for a lot of people, that's actually the challenge.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. It's as much an inner process of accepting and celebrating who you are as much as it is a marketing exercise. And I think that's the challenge of the personal brand. And I think it's why so many people, they try and lean towards the corporate brand is because it's an escape for simply leaning into who you are betting on yourself
0: absolutely i think that a lot of people we, we don't realize that when you start a business and you're building a personal brand we don't we think we're starting a business but what we don't realize is that we're really embarking on this this type of like self-discovery journey it's really going to force you to grow and to take a look at yourself and develop more self-awareness. And I think that that comes as a shock to a lot of people. So they like to kind of hide behind some things for a period of time, if not forever, if they want a more corporate type of brand, which is fine. But I think that if, if we can really set ourselves up for success by thinking like, okay, this is not going to be easy. I'm going to have to really, ask myself what I want, who I want to be, who I want to attract, and then show up as that person. And for some people, it might have to be an alter ego. And I think that's fine. If I've read a book called The Alter Ego Effect, and it's about just that, it's how a lot of successful people will develop this type of alter ego to protect their, not their identity, but their emotional state and to really create that compartmentalization between their brand and their personal life. So I think that that's always an option if it's difficult for someone to speak authentically.
1: I think The Alter Ego Effect by Todd Herman, if anyone wants to go and get it, it is an outstanding book to help anybody. And it it was a massive book for me. I I am essentially going to discover all the problems people have with becoming visible. I'm describing myself to a large extent Mm -hmm. and the alter ego effect was a book that really helped me move past that and understand that it's not about me. It's essentially what I would say to myself is it's show business. It's not me, but it's the the version of me that I'm presenting. It's not a fake version. It's just, yeah.
0: It's what you choose to show people.
1: Yeah. Um, It's what you you choose to show. And I think for, for a lot of people that's very difficult but it's also extremely important. I think something I'd like to know as well from you is when I watch your video content, because you're largely focused on short form video content on all the short platforms, so YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, that's really where you excel in the content, I believe. I may have, I didn't miss anything important, did I?
0: No, that's, that's where I'm at.
1: <laughs> okay, good. What was your video experience before you started leaning into that?
0: Before I started leaning into TikTok, I mainly shared my behind the scenes and most of my marketing happened in Instagram stories. I have never known running a business without social media. So I think knowing that that was going to have to be a part of it, it was already known. But before I started my business, I was already sharing behind the scenes of my life. I have a six-year-old son and I became a single mom in 2018. So living alone for the first time with a small child, I decided that I would document my life and just to feel less alone. And I think that started to lay the foundation for my community. And so when I started building my brand, it gave me a little bit more confidence to show up for my business as myself. But when I moved over to TikTok, everything changed because it's a way larger audience. The reach on TikTok is unlike anything else we've ever seen. And you have people from all over the world that are watching your videos and interacting with your content. And I've had clients in Australia and the UK, and it's just kind of given me step-by-step like a little bit more fuel to the fire and making me feel like this is really worth it. It's, I don't know at all times where it's leading me, but I just choose to keep showing up. I create the content that I want to create and the videos that I think will serve my audience and give value. And by doing that, instead of worrying about the vanity metrics, the views and all of that, it's really paid off through the ups and downs of the algorithm and all of that, that really discourages and intimidates people. So I think if you're just focusing on your community and your brand and just showing up consistently as yourself, as they need you to show up, I think it makes it a lot easier when you're just focused straight ahead with your blinders on.
1: The obvious question for me with TikTok is I think for so many people, I think I I had a TikTok account. I think it must have been 2018
0: mm-hmm.
1: and my son saw this app on my phone. He said, you're not getting that and deleted it off my phone. <laughs> and then I think this happened twice or three times. And then TikTok became a bit more established and I could justify it for professional reasons. But at the moment I've played on TikTok and I think this is a lot of people have played on TikToks, but they're largely consumers mm-hmm. and to move from being a consumer to a creator on TikTok, I think because it's very different from most social media platforms. It's quite intimidating in many ways because it's just very, very different. So if you were sitting me down and it was day one on TikTok, what would that lesson look like? What would be, here are the five things you need to know in order to be relevant, in order to be creating the right kind of content, be having the right kind of thought processes?
0: I would first have you write down like five categories or topics of things that you talk about things that you offer. If you were to give a speech or be on a podcast, what topics could you just talk about for a long time and not get sick of? And after creating those topics, we would kind of just think about what stories we could tell to teach people about those topics. I... Love using the technique of taking the topics of content that you use and kind of filtering them through different lenses. And those lenses are like entertaining stories, promotional videos that you can create by giving testimonials, that type of thing. But just kind of creating this whole sheet of topics, ideas, and different variations to branch off of that. And that in the beginning builds confidence because you see on paper there's a lot of things that you have to talk about. And there's a lot of different ways that we can go with content. I think that on TikTok, focusing on quick clips, no dead air, it has to be really kind of in your face because people are scrolling quickly on TikTok. They have to be able to know that at the beginning of the video, this is going to be something they want to see. So the format of your videos on TikTok is really important. And the when I say format, I mean like in the beginning it has to have a hook. So you have to have some type of attention grabbing line that will make them stay. So something that invokes their curiosity or makes them feel some type of emotion, whether it's positive or negative. And they will continue watching because that's the goal on TikTok is to have someone watch your video from beginning to end. So having that type of hook in the beginning is very important. And then... inserting some type of value in the middle, whether it's like a funny value or if it's educational, it doesn't matter just as long as there's something there. And then at the end, just a call to action, telling them to follow you or to look at the link in your bio where you might have a lead magnet, something like that to get them off of the platform. That's the ultimate goal for a business on TikTok. So just the content being story-based and then the format being exciting, Energy has to be a little bit higher than it would normally be to keep people interested, unfortunately. But I think that those are the the main things that you have to worry about. But when you're interacting with content on TikTok, it's really important to not get lost in a, a rabbit hole of like a true crime. If you're, for instance, if you're a marketing professional and you're looking on TikTok and you get sucked into puppy videos, you can't do that on your business account because TikTok categorizes you with the content that you interact with. So you have to be really intentional about how you interact on TikTok. I have an extra account where I, if I want to scroll, I'll just go over to that private personal account. But being mindful of that is really important
1: too. (laughs) Oh no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Might be time to start a new account if you've already been scrolling. (laughs) All
1: right. Yeah. That's really good advice. That's probably... Honestly, if, if I take nothing away today, that's it. I had no idea the algorithm was classifying who it would show my content based on my browsing. Yes. Never considered that. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's anyway. it's
0: crazy. You don't realize it, but I read the they have a portal where they tell you all of the ins and outs of how to grow your account that TikTok puts out. And one of the things was like who you follow and who you interact with too. They kind of, that's how they know where to put you and what audience to put you in front of.
1: Right. I have some homework already. This is serious stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted.
0: No, you're fine. You are absolutely fine. That's those are the main things that I I would honestly start with. I try to not overwhelm people in the beginning. It can be simple. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be like groundbreaking. But keeping in mind with TikTok, it's different than Instagram, where it's supposed to be a little bit more casual and raw. So you don't want a ton of polished videos with like YouTube style, where there's emojis on the screen and fancy captions. It's supposed to be more like the the vibe of Instagram stories, where it's casual, conversational. And keeping it that way really helps people to want to watch your videos, because they think that they're getting like an inside look on things.
1: I think this is really exciting, or should be really exciting for a lot of entrepreneurs. Because when I talk about video marketing to most business owners and they're thinking about it for the first time, they go straight to, oh, I need a videographer and, oh, we need to build a studio somewhere. And I'm thinking, no, (laughs) but you have to scream that no really loud before it gets heard because they really want to spend money. And it's unsustainable when you're looking at the kind of tempo that you need for something like TikTok. It's pacey. You You need a lot of content. So you can't be spending a lot of money on it.
0: Yeah. It's a, I think more of like an old view that a lot of people have. If you're a millennial or older and you're in business trying to get into TikTok, you think that you want to look professional and polished or people won't want to work with you, but that's for LinkedIn. That's not, and it's for YouTube. It's not for TikTok. Really speaking the language of the platform is important. So remembering that it's like people when they come to TikTok they think okay I'm going to get the real story here so if someone is on LinkedIn and like a Gary Vanderchuk, for example he's got a lot of stuff on LinkedIn that's a little bit more polished on Instagram he has some more polished maybe some ads and then on TikTok he has a lot of just talking to the camera type of content and it's more like that's how you can build the real relationship is by looking at the camera and talking to people. Like if you're recording a YouTube video, you're going to want to record behind the scenes, little clips of you saying today we're recording a YouTube video. And then I'm going to send it to my editor, like giving the behind the scenes and posting that as a TikTok while you're recording a YouTube video.
1: That makes perfect sense. Now, one thing you mentioned was speaking the language of the platform. And on TikTok, things like trends and memes and music and things like that they appear to be very important. What if you don't speak that language? For example, I I'm a I'm a TikTok consumer, but I don't really pay attention to those trends and things like that. Does that really matter?
0: Honestly, it does not matter anymore. TikTok has really changed from being a dancing trending sound platform to a more original content platform. Their goal is to be more like YouTube. So I always tell people to do about 70% original content where you're just talking to the camera, telling a story or teaching something or something along those lines, but no trend is needed. You don't have to dance at all. There's honestly, you don't, people grow on TikTok like crazy with no trending audio at all. It's a different world than it was a year ago, a year and a half ago on TikTok. You really want to have that original audio instead of the trends because one by one, these, these trending audios are being deleted and removed for copyright. And so then your video will be silenced and that content is wasted. So I love to just, a majority of my videos have nothing attached to them. I do nothing trendy, nothing like that at all. You would be completely fine just getting on there and talking like little bite-sized videos.
1: So what I'd like to look at next is there's a trap that a lot of people fall in with their content where the ROI is the dopamine hit Mm -hmm. and they create content and they think they're doing really, really well because they get lots of engagement and everyone seems to love them, but it never turns into money. And that's bad news if you're on social media for business. Mm -hmm. So what have you found within the short form video content world to be some of the more effective ways of moving people off the platform and into lead magnets and funnels and all that good stuff?
0: When you get onto TikTok especially, but any social media platform really, you have to have somewhere for them to go. So mainly I would say email list is the number one thing that you want them on. So how are we getting them off of the social media platform into your email list where you can promote and nurture and sell? So social media as a whole is meant to be the relationship builder, the connector, and more of the handshake to the sale than the actual sale. People now are scrolling past ads. Gone are the days of being able to boost a post or put out a Facebook ad, an Instagram ad, and have it really bring in the type of traffic that it used to. People are smart now. The consumer is becoming more aware of what people and companies are doing. So We have to find a way to give them value off of the platform in their inbox so that we can nurture, build a relationship there and sell to them in email. So the number one thing that I would say to do is build some type of whether it's on your website, or if you want to use Linktree, I personally use Stan, Um, I have a Stan store in my bio. So when someone goes there, they can see all of the products that I offer my lead magnets, my workshops, they want to apply to work with me, it's all right there. And sometimes in my content, it's not really Selling to them, but I will sell around the sale. So I'll tell a supporting story that basically sets up my content, will set up the sale. So it's telling a story about why I created this thing or how I created this thing. And then naturally, because you didn't say, So if you want to buy this, the link is in my bio or it's this much. If you want to purchase it, I don't ever say that. I just build the curiosity and let them see the inside of it or the behind the scenes. And then they come to me asking how they can do this or how how I use it or how they can work with me. They end up wanting to get closer to you because you're building that trust and you're not promoting or shoving constantly sales down their throat. So it's the handshake to the sale, but keeping that in mind, when you get on social media from the beginning, this is not the purpose of social media is not to sell, it's to build the relationship for the sale. So if you go into it like that, it's it takes a little bit of the edge off of that feeling where you're feeling disappointed for not having that return on investment.
1: That makes perfect sense. I think that's really good advice that what you want is conversations and conversations lead to customers over time. And a lot of people forget the time element and they stop the conversation. I, I really like. That approach, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, it's the long game, social media.
1: You've been doing this for a little while now, and everybody's very, very different. Have you ever met anybody where you've thought, oh, sharp farm video, I'm not sure you should be doing that?
0: (laughs) Definitely. I don't think everybody (laughs) should be on video. (laughs) If you are someone who is so incredibly uncomfortable being on video, there's a balance between like I'm just afraid or hesitant I'm not feeling confident. And then actually just being so terrified and hating it so much that you're miserable and it comes across on camera. I think there are alternatives, definitely. You can do, there's lots of ways to not show your face. If you just want to do B-roll footage of you working, you can do voiceovers um, where you're just talking, or you can use those trending sounds over a video just with text on the screen. Or, I mean, if you don't want to be on video at all, and you, especially if you have a product-based business, you can just show the product. You get one of those, the things that hold your phone overhead, and then show yourself packing up orders. Or if you're a designer, show your record your computer screen as you're designing a new website or something along those lines. It really gives you that opportunity to share behind the scenes, build a connection, but not have to necessarily show your face and talk to the camera.
1: I think that's a good answer. And it's it's one perspective. I think the answer I was expecting was no, you've never met anyone that shouldn't be on camera. <laughs> I entirely understand your perspective. And I think if anybody's listening, thinking, that's me. I'm never going to be on camera. That's okay. You can do that. But I think the reason I I come to this is I worked for years in search and rescue. And I remember really being in in a bit of an emotional state about knowing that I had to start showing up on video and finding it emotionally so difficult. And I thought, hang on a minute. You used to do all this stuff, dangling out helicopters and swimming in out to sea in the middle of the night and storms and crazy stuff. And you're scared of a little bit of video. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought, how do we train people to do these scary things? And it's a process of desensitization over time. Comfort zones are quite elastic, but only if you consistently stretch them.
0: Right.
1: So I think for somebody, I'm quite a bit older than you. And I think for some people, they underestimate how much a person can change over time, but only if you're stretching. If you're not stretching, you will not be changing.
0: Right. It's. I mean, honestly, it's, it is weird to talk to your phone. I always tell people that. I'm like, I understand this is odd that we spend a lot of our time during the day talking to a computer. It's uncomfortable because it's unnatural. <laughs> so practicing kind of makes it better. But just like thinking about that, yes, I've done difficult things. And I've done maybe some physically strenuous things that I've pushed myself through, but maybe asking yourself, why is it that I'm feeling hesitant? Why am I not feeling confident and working backwards thinking, do I make fun of people who are on social media? Or do I think like I could never do what that person does. Am I judging people? I think that's one of the biggest things that people will say to me that they are afraid to be judged if they show up on social media or made fun of. And the first question I ask them is, Well, do you judge people that you see on social media? And they say, Yeah. I'm like, Okay, we need to deal with that because that's probably why you're feeling like that. We tend to mirror exactly what we are doing. So we're feeling that because we do it ourselves.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think the truth is that any business will do better if you're out there waving the flag for it Mm -hmm. than it will if nobody's waving the flag. You're not going to damage your business by being visible. You will always add value. And something I, I come back to again and again is one third of people will not like you. One third of people won't care. And one third of people will love you. Your job is just to focus on that one third. Everybody else, they're not for you. Mm -hmm. But if you never show up, you don't get to play the numbers. And for me, that always helps me move past this hesitation. And I've always found it to be true.
0: Yeah, I think if you're not doing, if you're not showing up as yourself or you're not putting yourself out there, you do need to be Like there are other ways, but you need to be prepared that it's going to be a lot slower of a journey than it would be if you were showing your face and showing up on video.
1: So speaking of time, time is money time is very precious. And I know from personal experience, when you're new to video, it is a money, not a money, a time sucking monster. So what habits, routines, anything like that do you have to support people in the content creation phase to go from, okay, I'm going to make a video to actually having published something without having lost a day in between.
0: When I'm going through my day, if I'm listening to a podcast, I am, or if I'm reading a book or scrolling on social media, we are hit with inspiration at all times. We just don't, we aren't in tune with that. So really leaning into those inspirational feelings, those little tugs that we feel when we're listening to something that's maybe it's work related, maybe it's a marketing podcast that like I listen to, I'll open the notes of my phone and I will write down whatever comes to mind. Just, it doesn't have to make sense. I just write it or I'll open the uh, voice notes app in my phone and just start to kind of talk through some things. Or if someone asks me a question, I will talk through that or record. I'll ask if it's okay. And then I record our conversation to give me kind of a content bank that's happening in real time. And then to create the video in the beginning, it's going to be a little bit more time consuming because you're trying to find a rhythm. You're probably going to try to make it sound a certain way, but over time, it's a lesson that people have to learn on their own. They We can tell them over and over, but it doesn't matter until they experience that perfection doesn't exist. And it is it especially does not exist when it comes to content. And Actually, the imperfection is what will draw more people to you because that's where relatability lives, inside of the imperfection.
1: Yes, that is such a good point. So as somebody who is creating content consistently on pretty much a daily basis, how much time, because I think this is a good benchmark for people, how much time do you spend on it on an average day?
0: I will usually take a couple days depending on how I'm feeling. I always make sure that I don't schedule content during the week out like two weeks in advance. I won't time block because content has to be recorded when you're in the right frame of mind. So the day before, if I see that I don't have a lot of my calendar, I will give myself an hour and I will pick maybe three topics and I will record for those three topics. And it takes about that hour. Um, Some of the topics I'll record more than one video, but keep in mind that you don't always have to create new content on TikTok. It's a delayed release platform. So unlike Instagram, when you post something on TikTok, it's released right away to a small audience and then maybe two weeks later, it's released again. And then 90 days later, it's released again.
1: What? So,
0: yeah, it's and it's that's what you have to keep in mind, too. If your views are low, it's just because it hasn't been dumped into a larger audience yet. It comes in waves.
1: See, that's so important to know. If you're coming from anywhere else, you're judging yourself on the day of your release.
0: Yep, exactly. That's
1: really interesting.
0: And you have to um, go back through your content on TikTok or even Instagram and grab that same video and repost it again. You do not have to do anything to it, just repost it. And especially on TikTok, it's not, no one notices that you're doing that, especially if it's a, a really well-performing video, you have to think about how many people follow you and then how many people are actually seeing that video. The, the ratio is a little bit off. You can see that if, if I release this video, I have 75,000 followers and only 2,000 people saw it. If I release it again, maybe another portion of my audience will be reached this time. So we'll just try it again. So there's no shame in reusing the content.
1: I had never considered that. So you're batching your content creation, am I right?
0: I batch record content. Yes, I do. Sometimes if I'm feeling very inspired, I will. But a lot of my content on TikTok is recorded in the TikTok app in the moment. I record it and then just put it in my drafts, but it's not an intentional time block type of schedule that I have to create the content. If I'm feeling it, I will just record it and then set it aside.
1: So that hour-ish that you described, that's potentially for creating a week's worth of content. Right, yep. Yeah, so and I think that's important for people to hear as well. Being prolific and being very visible doesn't necessarily mean super busy with creating content. It just means being intentional and consistent.
0: Yeah. And I think, keep in mind that if you pick topics like three for one week, you can take the topics that you've made videos about, and then also create a carousel post for Instagram, or you can write an email about that topic. You can do a, a LinkedIn article that relates to that topic, really allowing that theme, exhausting that theme and getting as much as you can out of the information that you have to share, that you've curated and really gotten down on paper that you, you know that people will get value from. Use it to your advantage as much as you can in as many ways as you can.
1: I think this is really interesting because I often talk about blog, podcast, and YouTube as being what you might call an attention asset, whereas general social media content, I've often looked at as simply a cost Mm -hmm. that you can get lucky with social media content, but it's not an asset where you, you, where you build long-term value. So what is interesting with what you're describing is creating that content for short form video first can still be repurposed into potentially podcasts, potentially YouTube. You're just starting in a different place. Exactly. Really interesting. Yeah. And the short
0: form, I really think that sometimes if it's a, a newer topic or if you're trying to pivot in your business, creating that short form content first can sometimes be like just dipping a toe in the water, feeling out your audience, seeing if they respond well to it. And if they do, or they ask for more like that, then you can think like, now maybe I'll do a whole YouTube series on this. Maybe I'll do a podcast episode and it's worth diving into a little bit deeper instead of investing on the front end.
1: That's a really good idea. One thing that I've seen you do quite well is repurposing your content. So you're creating the content in the TikTok app for TikTok, but then it's also appearing on YouTube Shorts. It's also appearing on Instagram and different places. Is there a really neat workflow for that or is it simply manual labor?
0: I think first keeping the thought that all content from TikTok can't go to Instagram and perform the same. I only choose a select few. Most of my videos on TikTok are a little bit longer. TikTok allows for three minute to 10 minute videos and Instagram only goes up to It's 90 seconds now, might be 60. Shorts are definitely 60 seconds. So I can't repurpose all of my content, but I will take little snippets here and there and repurpose. I have used a website called repurpose.io, and in there you can set up workflows where if you post a TikTok video, it will take that content unbranded and automatically repost it for you in an automation on other platforms. So it's kind of just like a connector that you put all your platforms in and it can just distribute it for you. It's I I believe it's 15 to $29 a month. I can't recall exactly, but it's definitely worth it if you're someone who just wants to stay relevant on some of the platforms and focus more intentionally on just one. And I think right now YouTube Shorts, for me, is just one to stay relevant on. I have not created original content for YouTube Shorts at all. It's been all repurposed content to just kind of keep my face up there.
1: Yeah, I think for YouTube Shorts, it makes a lot of sense, the repurpose.io route.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But repurpose.io is its an extremely versatile tool. It's not simply for the repurposing of TikTok content onto other short platforms. It does a crazy number of really, really clever things. Yeah, I love it. I, I had to play with it a little while ago. And for the money, if you're somebody who values your time, oh my God, that $15 is so well spent.
0: It is. And it's very user-friendly too. It's easy to use.
1: Yeah. So I guess one area we haven't really spoken about is how you work with clients. Because I've got, we've really been talking about my own curiosity today, mm-hmm. which is my podcast. I can do that. It's great. Right. But how do you actually engage with your clients? Because that's really how you get paid. And if you weren't delivering value for somebody, you wouldn't have a business. So how do you bring that value to your clients and who is a typical client for you?
0: A typical client for me is an entrepreneur who has a business that they've been growing for a while. Maybe they're just trying to pivot into a larger space. Maybe they're going from done for you work to coaching, or they want to just up their marketing game a little bit. And they're kind of practicing marketing in the older ways, and they want to learn how to market new. So I will work with clients. One of two ways I offer coaching where we will just basically go through all of their marketing, everything that they have created already, we lay it out and just figure out what stories we can tell within each of these items that they have, they're selling, whether it's products, or if it's a service-based business, I mainly work with service-based businesses. We will just kind of, when I'm coaching, I'm in real time just helping them work through content creation. If they have clients that they're working with, we will see what's working. We help like evaluate exactly what needs to change, maybe what she can eliminate, all of those things that just kind of go along with regular business coaching, but it's more focused on the content marketing side. So that's one way that I work with with clients. And then the other way is content consulting. So it's basically, this is a higher level exclusive service that I only offer to one client at a time. And the contracts that I have are for a year. So this is more of a high touch content director position where my client for this would have a team for social media. And I will go in, create their system, the flow, set up automations, make sure they have templates, everything's organized and running like a well-oiled machine. And then just kind of being the go-to for the social media team to help them learn how to work social media best and how to communicate as a team and develop that seamless, simplified flow that makes social media a little bit easier and also sells their event or their product better than it ever has been sold before. So that's probably my most favorite way to work with clients is on the consulting side.
1: I love the way... You just call it and say this is how we do marketing, the new way and not the old way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think a lot of people are probably sitting there scratching their heads, thinking, "Oh, it's that simple."
0: <laughs> it's really, <laughs> really.
1: I guess it kind of is. Um, <laughs> show up or shut up.
0: <laughs> shut up or go- I mean, show up or get left behind is what it feels like. But really, it's. You have to show up on social media as much as we want to believe that we can still pay for just Google ads or radio ad. But think about it. When was the last time you watched a commercial on TV or listened to a radio ad or bought something because of a radio ad? It's just not the world we live in anymore.
1: No, absolutely not. I get angry when somebody turns commercial radio on and <laughs> I haven't watched a TV with ads on it for years. And I don't think I'm unusual. I don't know why people still pay for TV ads. It makes zero sense. I agree. (laughs) And when I look at your TikTok following, it's very clear why. So I think you're an outstanding role model for a lot of people. Hopefully everyone will go and check out your TikTok. But if people do want to connect with you, if they want to go further with you, how should they do that? What's your favorite way for people to connect?
0: Um, To connect with me, Instagram direct messages are a great way um, on Instagram. I'm the the cool mom CEO and you can send me a direct message or you can email me. That's another great way. And that's just hello at Stephanie If you go to my Instagram, it'll show you the spelling of my, my last name. I know it's a Welsh last name, so you probably know how to spell if you're probably not a spell if you're from the UK, but nobody, then the, from,
1: nobody from the UK can spell Welsh names.
0: Oh no. Okay. <laughs> I told you, I will, I don't know geography very well. It probably makes me sound very (laughs) ignorant, but it's all a jumble of countries over there for me. I've never, I want to come over there and visit. I've heard great things, but I've never been. So excuse my ignorance.
1: (laughs) Just make sure you come to Scotland because it's officially the best bit.
0: Well, I'm actually, I did a, this is off topic, but I did a DNA test recently and I'm 38% Scottish. I'm clapping. Yes.
1: You're approved. (laughs) You mentioned to me before we started recording that you have a course coming out soon and I know you haven't promoted it, but it's my job to be the host. So shining a light on you. Tell me about the course.
0: If you join my email list, which is linked on my Instagram and my TikTok, which on TikTok, I'm cool mom CEO. If you join my email list, you can get notifications for when this is available, but I'm currently finishing up developing my storytelling course. So this is basically a course that will help you to take any stories from your life or stories that you want to use in your marketing and transform them into powerful stories that will inspire people to take action in a way that you're inspiring them to take action or to inspire them to buy whatever product or service it is that you offer. That's my natural gift is storytelling and I couldn't be a stand-up comedian. So I'm teaching people (laughs) how to powerfully sell their products through storytelling in this course.
1: Well, with your permission, because I know we were going to talk about lots of things before I started recording and we were going to talk about storytelling, but we didn't. So when your course comes out, I would like to have you back so we can talk about that specifically. I would love to. Stephanie also has a really good set of social media prompts that you can get from her website right now. But I'll put a link to all your stuff in the show notes. Thank you. Stephanie, what's one thing you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago?
0: I wish I would have started listening to myself and what I wanted to do with my life instead of focusing on the quote-unquote right way to live life. I spent a lot of time going to college and doing things that I didn't want to do, but I did them because they were the right thing to do and what I felt was expected of me. But along the way, I knew in my gut that it just didn't feel right. So I wish that I would have just bet on myself earlier and taken the risk to do what I love and what I'm naturally good at. So I wish that more people would listen to their gut because it's, it's giving you that feeling for a reason.
1: Stephanie Llewellyn, you have been an outstanding guest. Thank you so much for your time. And I can't wait to meet you again sometime. But for the moment, thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much for having me.